the Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And this is the Magic Mike Show, episode 499. Mr. Summit, what the hell was that? Remington Park, huzzah! There we go. Maybe my internet's freaked out. All of a sudden, you just, like, froze and said, hey, well, that's all I heard from you. But, hey, I heard the huzzah, and that's really what matters. Uh, boy, I'm getting really hungry. Uh, it's 2 o'clock on the West Coast. There's all this talk about Wagyu steaks in the chat, Mike. Uh, yeah, I'd rather just, I'd, I'd rather have a steak than talk. I'm kidding. We'll talk about the show, but then have a steak afterwards. Yeah, no, no, I'm I'm down for the steak. Interesting chicken finger discussion there uh, at the end of dudes who bet on uh, on that show. I I gotta say, this is my my initial reaction. If it's on the kids menu, you can't order it on a first date. That should be a rule. Yeah, especially I, I would say once you turn <laughs> once you turn twenty one, when you're of legal drinking age, you need to stop ordering things on first dates that are uh off the kids menu unless you're at a sports bar or something but that, that being said totally i love me some chicken strips all about it but like yeah if you're at a sports bar if you're at like if you went to applebee's you grab some chicken that's totally fine totally fine yeah. but if you're taking a, a lady out for a first date and you're like in your 30s and you're ordering chicken strips it's not a good look you know what is a good look remington park on sunday the pick five all stakes uh ending with the remington park oaks and the oak Oklahoma Derby, a pair of grade three races on the dirt for three-year-olds. It's going to be a fun show. We might even have a special guest for a little bit uh, of it. Let's get going. Right is up. Hey, look who it is. It's Mr. Remington Park himself, Aaron Halterman. He's going to be with us for a little part of the show to at least give him his thoughts on some of the races and the horses because he does love himself some Remington Park and he could not believe it when I told him, hey, yeah, that's what we're going to do for Magic Mike Show 499. Uh, real quick, by the way, programming update. Uh, episode 500 will be next Thursday. Mike's going to actually be traveling next Monday. So it, it worked out perfectly. We'll celebrate Santa Anita returning with episode 500 next Thursday. So make sure you tune in for that one. Try to come up with some fun things to do along the way as well. But right here, first leg of the Remington Park Late Pick 5 on Sunday, September 24th. Race 6, the Kip DeVille Stakes. And that's not what I'm looking at here. Uh, the Kip DeVille Stakes has nine two-year-olds. There we go. Spring 6 furlongs on the dirt. Local prep for the Clever Trevor Stakes, which is the local prep for the Springboard Mile. Mike, where'd you go on top? Love me some local preps here. You get the, the what is this? The, not, <laughs> the penultimate penultimate to the Springboard Mile here. Uh <laughs> Give me the eight on top here. I'm going to go with General Shipman. Uh, ran, horse ran really well at uh, Prairie Meadows last time out. I like the first race, too. I like it when a horse kind of breaks on the outside. So broke 10 out of 10, was able to stalk. It uh, was really on the lead, but stalking four wide, able to get the job done there. Comes right back and runs really well uh, at, at Prairie Meadows. Gets the job done, gets a 78 buyer, which is the highest buyer coming into this race. Really put away good like Magic, who is the four horse and your favorite here, five to two for Brad Cox. Uh, I, I thought this was a pretty pretty nice horse, pretty nice colt when that in that Prairie Meadows race. I think he's got a very good shot at going gate to wire. So I put General Shipman on top, but I also 
Really like the seven horse classic rock here with the classic Remington Park connections of Caldwell and Elliott. Uh, this is the only horse in this field that actually can come from off the pace like the, the Lone Star win jumps into Texas bread company there. Lutz ends up running fourth and what I thought was a pretty good mile and a quarter race. I think this one's going to have a little more kick late here going the six furlong. So seven and eight for me were the two must uses. Where'd you end up, Magic? Ah, uh, that's classic Rick, which it, I, I was thinking uh, like it was a Rick and Morty thing. And then I looked and no, the owner breeder is Richard Davis. That's where that comes from. Uh, I agree with you as General Shipman on top here. And Aaron, that was your your top pick for this race as well, right? Yeah, General Shipman. I thought that's a, a really logical horse here. Broke the main at Prairie Meadows, then won a stakes at Prairie Meadows. Uh, was able to defeat Good Like Magic, who's also in this race, the four horse. So, yeah, I, I think General Shipman is the one you want out of this one. Uh, Magic, do you want to talk about the nine? I, I know we both kind of like the nine as well. Yeah, he's my second pick. Number nine, Tigers and Bears at eight to one. I think this horse is going to a good stalking trip. Uh, you could see a lot of horses go to the lead early here. The one, the two, the eight, you know, is going to go as well. So uh, I think the three and the nine are going to sit back. And those are the other two horses I used here. Not the nine, uh, only one race, but it was a pretty good debut. Ground out a loose on the lead favorite uh, who was weaving a bit in the stretch. The horse was, <laughs> Tigers and Bears was trying to get by. And every time he starts to make a move, Vino Bianco would weave out a little bit and he'd start to advance and Vino Bianco would weave out a little bit. And he, when Vino Bianco finally went straight, then all of a sudden you saw Tigers and Bears kick in at the last second. So uh, I think stretching out to six furlongs would be good for him. Uh, I like the fact that we're keeping Aramia uh, aboard as well for Danny Pish. Oh my, Tigers and Bears, huh? Um, I, I have this horse in fourth. I ended up going three deep. So I, I considered using Tigers and Bears, but couldn't quite get there. Pish, man, he he can be dangerous on these, these Oklahoma-Texas circuits. So you got to keep an eye on when he puts a horse in here. Horse is going to need to step forward quite a bit. Don't love the post on that nine draw either, because I do think this is one that's going to be forwardly placed. I'm, I'm not sure he's going to necessarily go for the full stalking trip. So I wouldn't be shocked if he's a little bit wide going into that turn. Um, like I mentioned, I did also use the three magical mark highest debut time form figure in the field broke the maiden by 10 lengths at Lone Star keeps Christian Torres up uh, a big class drop after competing in that $225,000 stakes at Ellis. He missed a work leading up to that race. It was slow at the start, never really involved. So I want him to scratch it off. I think this is a little bit of a class drop compared to what he was facing at Ellis. But I know you did not use the three, Mike. No, I didn't. And when I'm looking at these two-year-old races, and, and we have a lot of horses that are speed, one of the main things I look at is who is actually have the fastest half mile when on the lead. And that brought me to the horse right to his inside, the two-horse third street here. I really like that last race. And if you look at the last one going five and a half over the Lone Star track, I, the one two back, I'm going to throw out mainly because of the sloppy track and assume that this horse doesn't want an off track. Comes back, second race in. Uh, goes 21 and two, or 22 and one, 45 and four. And if you look at the other half miles in here, we're talking 47s, we're talking some 46s, but no one else can go 45 and keep it going. I, I like the fact that we had a nice little break after that. Sean Davis brings him back here, 15% with a $2.43 ROI off the break. When you get Alvarez and Davis together at Remington, 26%, $2.54 ROI, $2.86 ROI anywhere. I think this is your speed of the speed. And I in these races, I kind of want to have the horse that's going to be out front and be able to get it done. Also like the inside post draw here. So you got inside speed with the only horse that's gone to 45 and change half mile and one. And you're getting six to one for some nice connections. So I, I thought the two was a pretty relevant player here. So we just went three deep. And Aaron, I'm noticing Mike and I both discounted. We're not using the favorite, the morning line favorite for Brad Cox and Flavian Pratt. Good like magic. Uh, are we crazy for not using a Brad Cox horse that was so good? He debuted at Hawthorne and then couldn't <laughs> win a six furlong stakes at Prairie Meadows next out. 
Nope, you're sure not. I think that's probably the right move in here. And if you go back to last year, and listen, every year's a little bit different. Go back to last year, Brad Cox laid a giant egg on this day uh, at Remington Park. He had a lot of horses that looked like they were going to win. None of them really ran all that well. I don't like good like magic that that well in this spot either. I think it's a good one to leave off the tickets here. Uh, I, I wanted to comment on uh, uh, Mike's horse, the two, Third Street. I think that's a pretty good uh, look there from Samich. Listen, this Lone Star uh, form usually translates pretty well to Remington. They're very similar tracks, very similar circuits. So I think the two makes sense. And yeah, guys, I'm with you. I, I would I would go against the favorite in this one, uh, the four. Yeah, I feel like Good Like Magic is going to get bet down off that oh, five yeah. to two number as well. Like I would be surprised if we're not looking at something like six to five, seven to five. And with the way General Shipman took care of him, I just don't want to have him and General Shipman on the same ticket. I think General Shipman's the better horse. You also could see potentially the uh, one horse, I believe, is uh, cross-centered in a Friday night race for Oklahoma bred. So if he drops out, uh, could affect the pace even more, favoring the eight general shipment who are both using, but also favoring the two that Mike's using uh, as well. We'll move on second leg of the late pick five at Remington Park on Sunday, September 24th. Race seven, the Ricks Memorial Stakes for 10 Phillies and Mares 3 and up, routing a mile on the 16th. On the turf, where'd you go on top, Mr. Samich? Uh, we talked about Flavian Pratt and Brad Cox last time. I'm not going to fade him here. Juncture, clearly the, the class of this field coming into this race. Uh, I, I think that pretty much any of the last efforts are good enough to win this. you got to go back and watch that Indiana race. Uh, it just absolutely got stifled in the stretch. So there was some serious trip trouble there. Didn't get the best trip at Ellis last time either. However, uh, this is one of your dead closers, and that often can be a problem because you're going to see those bad trips time and time again. So I think Juncture is the horse to beat. I have Juncture on top, but I, I am not singling Juncture. I think this is going to be a pretty heavily singled horse in this sequence. Uh, you know what's funny is I went three deep, you went four deep. This is the only one that we agreed on. So I think that kind of shows how uh, tough I thought this race was other than even just from a class perspective, I think you have to put the one in here. And she showed three back that if you put um, – or. Uh, a top elite jockey on her, like you know, she had Tyler Gaffleone in a race like this, she can get the job done. She's good enough to do it if the person aboard is smart enough and talented enough to get it done. Uh, top pick for me, number four, Madala match at seven to two. Three of four starts this year, either wins or losses by three quarters of a length and a head. The only time she had that big loss was at Canterbury. Um, in the stakes race to Regal Realm. Regal Realm's won four of five races this year for Jonathan Thomas. She's pretty darn good. Uh, Madala Match, I think, is going to get the jump on the 10. First jump on her. I think the 10's your early leader. She's shown several times that she that the 10 cannot hold on going two turns, even with a lone pace setup that it looks like she might have. So I'm counting on the four to get that first jump there and be able to hold off everybody if the pace is a little bit slower. If the 10's able to kind of walk the dog a little bit, I think it benefits the four to get first jump on her. Yeah, my only issue with the four is the lack of passing horses. Um, I, I agree with you. I use the 10 because I think the 10 is going to be in the lead. And, and you're correct. 10 has definitely given it up a couple times. So I have a little bit of concern there. But with what looks like lone speed on paper here with Tipsy Gal, the 10, I'm willing to take a shot here at six to one. And, and when you look at Medela March, if she doesn't, if she's not in the lead, she doesn't win. And that, to me, was the main reason why. Because the 10's in this race, Medela March didn't make my ticket. Now, if Tipsy Gal scratches out, Medela March 100% is the horse I used to fill in for her. Uh, but I, I don't see how Medela March wins this race from coming off of the pace, even if sitting if you're sitting in second. Because if you kind of if you think out the trip, if Tipsy Gal clears, Medela March has to then veer to the outside, essentially chasing the two-path both turns. And I, I just don't like that trip for her to be able to get it done and then hold off someone like Juncture, who I think will be coming from off it. Uh, the other horse I used here going three deep, a little bit of a price here, 10 to one on Island Hideaway, Broberg and Torres. 
the last race wasn't great. I think that's really why we're getting the price here. Lost to Mandela March, family time, race before that, lost to Templar Red uh, and Stelazar, both of them in this race. Uh, but if you go back to the efforts when Torres has been riding this horse and the efforts at Remington Park when Torres has been riding this horse, ran fourth the first time out, then won back-to-back races, including a $75,000 stakes. Other time Torres rode this horse, ran into uh, Dida. Uh, that horse is pretty darn good, so I'm not going to hold that one against her. Island Hideaway's best is, is as good or better than anyone in this field, um, and I think gets a pretty good trip here. We mentioned two horses that have speed. There's not a lot that are kind of in that middle ground. You've got quite a few horses that want to come from way out of it. You've got quite a few horses that want to be forwardly placed. You don't have a ton that wants to sit mid-pack. I think Island Hideaway actually might get the best trip in this race, uh, sitting behind the four and the ten horse. So I'm going to go one seven ten to try and get through here. Now, Magic, you said you went four deep. You used the one and the four. Who else do you use here? Well, I looked at the seven too. I just I think that the seven since last fall, I think she's really fallen off, and Broberg hasn't adjusted the. Uh the chemical compounds well enough to keep her in form. Uh, I went with the eight family time for my third pick here, 10 to one on her third start off long layoff. I thought from start one to start two off of that layoff, she took a nice step forward. She'll give her peak effort third off the bench. And she did win a mile allowance over this course last year by almost three lengths. So at the price, uh, I like her. I wish that we were getting the different jockeys uh, that would have been a border like Stuart Elliott or Lindy Wade. Um, Lindy Wade, by the way, it's weird. He's got mounts in the first five races, but nothing in the late pick five. Because I, I handicapped this. I'm like, wait, where's Lindy Wade at? He's there. He's just, I guess he's calling it early for the night. I don't know. Anyways, uh, I like the eight. I wish I had a, a jockey with a higher percentage on, but I like the situation that she's in. And, and Fede uh, Villafranco should have her as good as she could be. Uh, last horse on the whole ticket for me. Number five, Annie Song at 15 to one. And I'm adding her because to me, this is... It makes no sense why a leading rider like David Cabrera shows up on this horse for her first start. Also, she's leaving the 32K claiming ranks from California and Del Mar for 75K stakes at Remington Park. And now she's going sprint to route. Like, there are a lot of things that are weird. And now Cabrera's, it's like if in California this horse came in and suddenly Flavian Pratt or JJ Hernandez goes to it. And you're like, wait a minute. There's something about this horse that might be good. She might be just absolutely terrible. She might be actually really sneaky in here at 15 to 1, Mike. Yeah, I, I actually looked at both of those for a while. Family time, the jockey took me off it. That's why I didn't end up using there. Annie's song, I I think is really interesting at this price, too. I didn't end up using her on the ticket, but I just like you said, the move is very, very different than what you'd expect. Going from California, coming here, going from claiming, jumping into a stakes. Where do you think Annie's song sits in this race? That was the other thing. Aaron, I know you were shaking your head there. You liked her, too. Where does is she going to sit right behind the leaders? Is she going to be on the lead? Where do you expect her to be? Because this is a sprinter stretching out that was running 21-44 opening half miles, not on the lead, but within six lengths. So still close to those times. Is she part of the pace pressure here? Or is she sitting right off it? What do you think? It's an odd entry for sure. I think Magic hit it on the head. And you look at the 10 tipsy gal who you talked about going to be on the lead. And I agree. It looks like it. Cabrera was on tipsy gal last time out. And I would think Cabrera would be on this horse again if they really thought this horse was going to you know, be tough to beat. I'm still with you because the pace edge does look so uh, so good for Tipsy Gal that it's tough to leave that horse off. But Annie Song, I think, is going to be right there. I, I think this horse is going to stock the pace, be their second or third, kind of be in that first flight. And Cabrera getting aboard is, is a weird thing for sure. The horse is definitely going to have to move up. But you know, you look at the breeding and it's like, why was this horse sprinting? I don't yeah. know. Maybe we'll find out. Maybe the horse will be awful going around and be like, oh, well, that's why. But Cabrera getting aboard is one thing. Cabrera getting off the 10 to ride the five is quite another. So I was kind of with magic. I, I think the five is interesting. I, I think this is a race 
where Juncture might win by three and we're going to go, damn, why did we go three or four deep? But I'm agreeing with you guys again. I think you go three or four deep here. I'm not sure Juncture is just a slam dunk. The horse you mentioned, Samich, had some trouble, kind of has found some trouble at times where it's like you didn't really, that wasn't really bad luck. You just kind of found it. So that does have you a little bit worried in this spot. Yeah, especially coming from the rail. But you got to hope that Flavian Pratt can be the difference there. Yep. Uh, thanks for chiming in on that, Aaron. I appreciate uh, I appreciate you supporting my five as well. That makes me feel a little bit better. <laughs> Third leg of the Remington Park, late pick five on Sunday, September 24th. Race eight, the David M. Vance Stakes for nine males, three and up, sprinting six furlongs on the dirt. And if you were watching on YouTube, you saw the background or the thumbnail for it. A previous winner, the David Vance, Ivan Fallen Off a Lot, who Aaron and I talked about this morning on Dudes Who Bet Daily, is the horse in the photo. And I was like, that's him winning the Vance. I've got to use that. Who's going to win the David Vance this year, Mike? I'm surprised I picked this horse. Give me the four Amos Moses Hart. Um, this is a horse that didn't make it to the racetrack till four. And that was actually the debut, the last race. I've never seen a time form early pace rating of 145. So I thought, you know what? Let's go back and watch this race. This horse is a freaking monster. I'm talking like physically huge. It looks like this horse should be a two-turn horse, not a sprinter. But man, really easy to delete. Went 21 and change. And then never really got ass but kind of just opened up on that field. Now, it's, look, it's a maiden special weight at Remington Park. It's not a bunch of world beaters. Obviously, this is a step up in class, but holy biscuits did this horse look dominant in that race. Came off the turn, kind of just galloped home to win pretty easy by 14. Yeah, there's a class test here, but this is your speed of the speed, and I don't really see this horse stopping. So someone has to go catch Amos Moses' heart in this spot. So... I'll take, you know, another classic connections here, the Oklahoma style, young and, and wethy here to get the job done here on the four horse. Yeah, same top pick for me. And, and Car Ramrod in the chat says Amos Moses Hart pulled a secretary at Belmont last out. Got to use it. It really was. It's just, it, again, what did he beat? Probably nothing. But the, it's, the time it's laughable what happened in that spot. Man, Dean's List really fallen from grace here. I was When I busted open these PPs and saw Dean's List there, I was like, oh, that's tough. You're 15 to wasn't 1. Wasn't he in drafted spot. in the fantasy league? Or was he just on Or no, he wouldn't have been drafted. He hadn't debuted yet. Yeah. No, but I'm sure he was picked up. I mean, look great at Gulfstream in the first two. Yep. And then went back and ran in the Gotham and ran second, ran fourth behind Witt after that. And then just kind of fell off the map when he switched off the Pletcher Barn. Ripped off three straight and then just hasn't been able to get back to that form. Um, I ended up going three deep in here. I, I did use the four on top. Uh, next up for me, I went with the five, stayed in for half at three to one. Two straight dirt wins since being gelded. Also returned from a long layoff to run a good second on the turf. Ass man's getting Rosario to ride. And this is more, I, I, the reason I went three deep is because I picked the two I thought were most likely to win if the four just, if that was a one-time thing and he doesn't get that same uh, effort here. So five for me. And then I also used the three American Experiment. Six straight good races and dirt sprints. Two wins, two seconds, two thirds. Best horse to close last out behind a winner who got loose in this stretch. And so, you know, everybody else fell apart. American Experiment at least came running. So, again, if, if Amos Moses Hart loses, I think it's just because he doesn't have that pace that he's able to keep it. Maybe someone just pressures him, even though no one's close to a 145 early time forward speed rating. So, three, four, five for me. I know you went two deep using the four. Yeah, I got a question for Aaron for the three and the five first here because they were my fourth or third and fourth horses on here. What do you think of Rosario going on the five? Do you think that's a good or a bad thing for the five since Stuart Elliott had been riding both these horses? <laughs> well, I think it's I think it's good for the five. I, I I think that is the horse. 
you know, I think he's using Rosario on his best sources, believe it or not. And let's remember, this is Remington. This isn't Keeneland or, uh, you know, the Naira circuit. So, you know, Rosario still holds a little bit of weight here. Um, it's a good question. It, it definitely made me chuckle, as you could see. But I do think it's a good sign for State in for half. I think that's saying the Asmussen Barn believes this is the best uh, of the two. So you think that Asmussen picked the jockeys, not Stuart Elliott picked the three? Honestly, I would say Stone Street probably picked the jockey, the okay. the owners of the five. If I if I, I Aspusen kind of uses that local jock more so than other guys, you know, because he's he's everywhere and he uses those local jocks in races like this. It could be more of a Stone Street thing. They wanted a, a bigger jock on it. I, I don't think it's a situation of the jockey choosing. I would say he was told which one he was going to be on. Okay. Just just wondering. I didn't use either of them. I used the seven. Uh, Albizu here is my second horse. Diodoro ships this one in. Uh, ran well at Oakland Park. Ran into some really good horses. Scully ran into ultimate last time in the Iowa Sprint there. $100,000 stakes race uh, up at Prairie Meadows. I, this one is the one I think sets up well to come from off the pace and be able to run him down. I, it has tactical speed, so it shouldn't be too far off it. Has a closing kick. I, to me, it's the seven if the four isn't the horse that fires or isn't as good as that debut. So I just went too deep here and went four seven. I'll jump in. I I totally 100% I'm going to go 4-7 in this race. I think it makes total <laughs> sense because I, I, I totally agree with Samich. If the four is a beast, it's over. But after one race and it was just at Remington, you don't know. Um, he, you know, get up against better horses, get around horses that are kind of running with him longer, uh, than, than what that, uh, uh, that main special weight was all of a sudden he may falter. The seven comes and gets him. I, I agree. I, I think the seven is a standout once you get past the four. So four, seven for me, I'm hoping the four is the real deal though. Scott young, a great local trainer there at Remington park. Also will Rogers downs. He's an Oklahoma guy. Uh, this looks like a really nice horse. I, I read a press release uh, earlier in the week, or no, that's two weeks ago. Scott Young said, look, you know, had some problems. We had to take our time with this horse. We knew he was going to be really good. It was just a relief to get that one out of the way. Now we can kind of go have some fun. I I think the four is the real deal. But again, just one race. You just don't know. Who do you guys think goes off as the favorite? Magic, we'll start with you. I think the four goes off as the favorite. Aaron? I think the four is like eight to five. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So the four to one is a pipe dream. I think so. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, you were talking before, Mike, about Dean's list, the rail horse uh, falling from grace. Used to be with Pletcher, who had that you know super awesome debut uh, win, and then went you know looked like he'd at least be a solid sprinter, and then nothing materialized. How about the eight Empire of Gold? This horse is a three year old, almost won the Grade Two Phoenix Stakes, goes to the Breeders' Cup Sprint in twenty twenty, runs a, a decent fourth. What happened after that, Aaron? You follow this horse better than most people. I don't know. Where the wheels go? <laughs> just yeah, exactly right. Just kind of fell of off a little bit. Um, look, I, I mean, if you're if you're here at Remington on the undercard and you've been at the bigger tracks, there's a reason you you've fallen off. And this horse didn't stay at the bigger tracks very long, right? This was you know tried a few big ones and then was gone. So, look. A lot of these undercard races here are kind of Boulevard of Broken Dream races a little bit. Um, he he fits it, right? Uh, and that, I think that's why a, ra a horse like the four does jump out on, on you and you kind of hope he wins because it's like, yeah, that's one. It's just like this was the logical next race for the horse. This horse makes sense. Let's hope he's the real deal. I, I actually looked at Empire Gold. I, I mean, you look at the <laughs> second off the layoff, the trainer's 14%, $3.24 ROI. 
if somehow that form in the past returns, Empire Gold does fit with these if, if the four is not a beast. Uh, Aaron, I know you've got to get going here, but before you leave, real quick, your pick, your top pick to win both the Remington Park Oaks and the Oklahoma Derby. Yeah, I was just real excited that you guys were doing this. So I was like, listen, you guys are doing my track, Remington. I got to I gotta come on for a little bit. Do you have to leave here at 430? So yeah, I'll give you the picks here. Remington Park Oaks. Uh, I, I haven't decided how deep I'm going yet. I, I think I am going to put Ancient Peace on top. Merlaza and Magic Bubbles are the other ones I'm interested in. So I'm going to go the eight Ancient Peace. Uh, I hate to do it because of the post, but I think the 13 hit show just outclasses them in the Oklahoma Derby. So I'm going to go hit show on top here. He, he's, he's ran close to horses that would be one to nine if they were in this race. I think he's got a tactical advantage over Red Route 1. I don't love the rest of the horses. So I'm going to go Ancient Peace in the Remington Park Oaks hit show in the Oklahoma Derby, as Brent Musburger used to say. He always used to say Oklahoma <laughs> when we would come out of the tunnel. So that's why I say that like that. Are you going to Are you gonna be there? I'm not. I'm not going to be able to make it this year, unfortunately. Uh, I know. Listen, maybe I get up Sunday and I'm in a good mood and I go. But as of right now, no, I'm not going. You're going to be in Cincinnati for the Sooners game? I'm not going to be in Cincinnati, but this ends the streak uh, of not going. Uh, I, I went to the SMU game, haven't been to the next two, but I'm going to be at, uh, I'm going to go Iowa State. I'm going to go to the Texas game. I'm going to go up and watch them play Kansas. going to watch them play UCF. So I got four weeks of Oklahoma games uh, after after this weekend. I like it. The, uh, the Dylan Gabriel Heisman train rolls on. Uh-oh, Davey and I are going shot. He says, oh, boy. Well, maybe. Um, yeah, no, the, he's not a Heisman candidate. Um, <laughs> let's let's be thankful OU looks better. But this is the first kind of test this week. It's not a big test, but it's a test. So we'll yep. see. Well, the 14-point favorites. Actually, Cincinnati's getting bet a little bit. But we'll. I, I like Oklahoma. I think they're going to take care of business. I, I lean <laughs> Cincinnati plus the 14. Um, I think Oklahoma wins the game. I think it's a seven-point game, though. So There we go. All right. Thanks for joining us, buddy. Appreciate it. Uh, tune in to Blinkers Off and Dudes Who Bet Daily for Aaron's picks for NFL, college football, and parks on Saturday. Thanks, guys. Later. See you, bye. All right, there you go. Aaron Halterman. All right, Mike, here we go. The penultimate leg of the Remington Park Late Pick 5 on Sunday, September 24th. Race 9, the Grade 3 Remington Park Oaks. Eight three-year-old fillies entered to go a mile on the 16th on the dirt. Where are you going on top? You know, I'm going to agree with Aaron here. Uh, give me the outside horse, the eight horse, uh, ancient piece. I... I... Like the uh, Santa Anita efforts, I don't love these California horses shipping in, but this just doesn't seem like a field that has that much speed in it. I think the eight controls this race from the start and is going to be really, really tough to catch down the lane. Perfect wish, the inside horse, the only other horse that really has any speed, but that's been like pretty slow speed when you look at it. I mean, 25.50, 24.48, the two times going a mile or longer. Uh, when you go out to the eight, I mean, you were talking about 23.46 and she can keep it going. So I, I think Ancient Peace is able to go gate to wire here. Yep, top pick for me. Uh, I only went too deep here, and this is, like I said, the one that I have on top. I, I think she's going to be pretty prominent early. Three straight bullet works at Churchill Downs. It's interesting when she showed up here. I was like, I thought this was a California horse. And I looked, oh, yeah, she was with John Sadler. Um, either of those dirt efforts, even though one was against off-turf horses, either of those dirt efforts are good enough to win this race. Yeah, I think so, too. And I, I went with the other short price here. I, I agree that Marlaz is the other one I'm interested in here. Brad Cox. I think this is the actual reason why Pratt is here uh, in town for this race. So I, I think it's, well, that and hit show, obviously. But uh, I think Marlaz has, has some pretty good upside. This is a horse that I know a lot of us were interested in for a while. 
I think gets the job done or has a very good chance of getting the job done coming from off the pace. But that's really going to be the key is how close is Merlaza going to be able to sit in this spot? Is it going to be close up or is she going to be a little bit further back? If she's close enough, I think she's able to get a good chance of running down the eight here late. But uh, for me, it's it's eight two here. I'm really not interested in anyone else. Um, I I looked at Merlaza. I played against her in this box. I didn't the way that my ticket is. I didn't want to use both the small prices here. Um, I if if anybody but Pratt was riding, it'd be just easy for me to discount her. Like, nope, she's not going to have it. She's going to be too far behind. But if Pratt. Keeps her closer to the pace. I think that's how she wins. I just don't know that she'll, she's got it in her to do it. Uh, the other horse I used was the five, Nomadic Pride for Tom Amos shipping this horse in. Christian Torres picks up the mount. A nice win going a mile at Ellis Park last time out. Um, beat allowance horses, but beat them very handily and was 13 to one. Uh, now six to one here. So a little bit, you know, big, big difference in the price there. But uh, hey, Tom Amos is strong in these spots. He places his horses pretty well. I like these guys, Christian Torres, to ride. And if you look, uh, you know, back in February, she breaks the maiden, you know, seven and a quarter lengths. It's at Delta Downs. She didn't beat anything there. She went and faced Merlaza the first time facing winners. She was stretching out. It was a big t- uh, task for her. She was slow at the start and didn't really have anything. I scratched that out. Scratch off the turf. That was a bad idea. Scratch off the slop. I'm hoping that those three things, scratch all three of them out. Uh, and that allowance race last out is what we can kind of point to. So uh, I like her in this spot. I think it's a, a she should be able to handle the distance. And again, I like the Christian Torres is going to be aboard. It would be a good sign if she goes. She's cross-centered uh, the day before this at Churchill Downs in the ninth race. She's been working at Churchill. I think if she shows oh. up here, that's a pretty good sign because that probably means they think she's uh, this caliber. Uh, I don't want the six-to-one price. That was one of the main reasons I yeah. wasn't interested. If you look at the price the last three, four races, she was double digits in each of those, the lowest 13-to-1 last time when she won. Uh, I would expect she stays at Churchill and doesn't show up here. Um, but if, if she does show up, I think she's at least a player. But to me, I, I just... I didn't want to go any deeper than those two because I want to be able to spread in a couple other spots. So keep the ticket pretty cheap. So if she, I didn't notice that. Um, I do know Honor D. Well, Honor D. Lady's not cross-entered, but Safi Joseph's got West Coast Cowboy in the next race we'll talk about in a second. That horse is cross-entered in the Pennsylvania Derby, and I think that that's where they're going to stay with him. So I don't know if Honor D. Lady's even going to ship out. Tyler Connors named it a different track on the 24th, so not really sure. Um, it feels like a weird spot for her to try dirt for the first time in her last six starts. Um all that to say, if, if the if we end up losing the five to scratches, I think I'm just going to end up singling the eight. And you know what? I'll go eight three. I'll throw in magic bubbles here because I do like that Rosario is going to ride this for Asmussen and has that local win last out. Now it's three to five. Was expected to do that, but she did it going a mile. She did it on this track and she did it with a fast pace. So I'll go eight three if the five ends up scratching. Yeah, I don't I don't hate the three. I, I, the four was my four, third horse in. I, I think the four is kind of the wild card if, if Honor D Lady does actually show up in this spot. Mm-hmm. because We don't know how good she is on dirt. And let's be honest, like you can poke pretty good holes in the eight and the two if you really <laughs> want to. Right. I mean, the eight's a California yeah. Philly and they have not fared well when they've, they've gone to the East Coast or Midwest in this case and try to take others on. And Merlaza has been, well, a disappointment so far in her career against most. So, I mean, I get it if people want to take a shot against one of those two. I, I just... I think this, they found their friends here today. That's all. <laughs> that very well could be. Uh, speaking of friends that we're quite familiar with, fifth and final leg of the Remington Park, late pick five on Sunday, September 24th. Race 10 is the grade three Oklahoma Derby for 13. Look at them, 13 three-year-olds possibly going a mile and eighth on the dirt. Now, uh, we finally have uh, uh, jockeys named on all the horses, but we don't know who else running here. Like I said, West Coast Cowboy is cross-centered uh, at parks, and I have a feeling that's where he goes. The eight is 99 to one is a seven start maiden has never hit the board. 
Not sure why that horse was even like, why do you even pay the entry fee unless you just want the saddle cloth? Early Earl's Pearls or Pearl's Earl is an early scratch. Oh, the eight did scratch. Okay. So Equibase hasn't announced that. Yeah. I did not understand that one whatsoever. Anyways, field of third. Well, now field of 12. So there you go. If you like hit show, that helps you out with that scratch. Where'd you go on top? Look, I, I want to know, like, Hit Show has to have some of the worst luck in racing history, right? I Dude. mean, like, <laughs> draws the rail for the post, derby. Yeah, th- draws the 13 post in the wood, ends up in the 12, gets the rail for the derby, and now you're hung out here, too. I, I like Hit Show. <laughs> I just couldn't put Hit Show on top because of the post. And so I went to a horse that's a little further inside, and I went to the four horse, Cagliostro. I knew here. it. <laughs> uh, you know, look, I, when you go through it, it, the horse makes a ton of sense, has tactical speed, doesn't need to be on the lead, should be able to stalk. Uh, is in a great post position from that four post. I expect the two is probably going to go. The five is going to go. Should be able to sit right behind those two and get a absolutely beautiful trip. I get first move, and then it's all going to be. It's going to be about okay. What trip does Hit Show get, and what trip does Red Route One get? Who are the probably more talented horses than Cagliostro in this spot, but are going to be trip dependent on there. Uh, I'll take the eight to one on the horses in the inside versus the three to one or seven to two on the horses in the outside. I went too deep. I put Hit Show on top and Cagliostro underneath. I think this yeah. is uh, the right. This is the right spot for Cagliostro. But like Chris Mello said in the chat, he owes a bunch of us a lot of money. This horse, man, he it, it's it almost feels like this is going to be a really great four year old horse because he's you know he's got potential, you know he's got ability, but damn it, we just gotta like crack the code to get it out, or maybe he just needs to develop a little bit. But no, I like this horse a lot. Um, I, I want to ask you about Cagliostro. You know, last out was second in the grade three Smarty Jones. That's the local prep for the Pennsylvania Derby. Il Miracolo, who won it, is staying for the Derby. I think this was the right move because they were like, well, we couldn't beat Il Miracolo last out. Um, but if you don't like Il Miracolo in the Pennsylvania Derby, could you really like Cagliostro that much here? Yeah, sure. I mean, this is an easier spot. It's a $400,000 race. Pennsylvania Derby's a lot more. You know you were going to have Baffert ship in. You knew you were going to have Pletcher ship in. Like, you knew there were going to be shippers for the Pennsylvania Derby. Uh, yeah. versus this spot where you're getting, you know, it's it's a it's still, a, I mean, look, 400K, nothing to sneeze at, right? And you've, you've got a field that, uh, I mean, if we go down this list, who are the most accomplished horses? Hit Show, Ray's Kane, and Red Route 1? Like, it's not really a bunch of world beaters, right? So, yeah, I, like, if, when you look at it that way, I, I feel like that this was the correct move to come here and, and try your hand here in this this race versus stay there in the Pennsylvania Derby. Uh, because if you couldn't beat Ian Mercolo, Ian Mercolo probably not going to win that race. Probably going to be, you know, have three or four other horses in there that are that are more interesting. So I agree with you there. I went 413, so I just flipped the order of the two. I, I still respect the hell out of Hit Show, who in two different spots has just had, you know, we mentioned the breaking all the way from the outside, the inside of the Derby, ran his eyeballs out in both of those spots to run second and run fourth in there. So I, I think Hitcho's got a big shot here. And I'm going to use Red Route 1, though I'm going to end up three deep here with the 10. Uh, I considered going four deep and adding Trumba Rumba as well, the two horse who I do think has a tactical edge on some of the further outside horses and should be forwardly placed. Uh, but I ended up just going with the four, the 10, and the 13 here. Uh, by my count, Hit Show could possibly break from post 10, which is a lot better because the one, the, this, the ghost hero cross entered in the Oklahoma. This is the one that was entered in the Oklahoma bread Friday. And then, like I said, the seven, I think is going to go to the Pennsylvania Derby. If the eight is scratching, that's three horses out. So now it's post 10. That's a lot better for him, but you're right. That poor guy gets a lot of bad luck when it comes to picking his post. Um, go ahead. I mean, it's brutal. You look at the Wood and then the Derby and then the next two races faces Forte both times, Archangelo, Saudi Crown, Angel of Empire, Tapit Trice. I mean, this is a massive drop in class for Hitcho, who 
ran really well. I mean, this is just one of those horses. We, I, this is one of the horses I mentioned at 60 to 1 to win the Derby, who I thought had that level of talent and just has never really gotten the chance to show that talent. I, this is a, a cut below what he's been running against. Chris Mello brings up at the, at the top of the stretch uh, in the Smarty Jones stakes, he thought Il Miracolo wasn't winning, and yet Kelly Ostro had other plans. If you watch that back, I'm surprised that they didn't try to put uh, or that the Christian Torres, or sorry, whoever was riding Cagliostro that day, because uh, yeah, it was Christian Torres. Why he didn't try to claim foul against the Miracolo? El Horse, do you remember he ended up finishing the race almost on the outer rail of the dirt? I don't know if you actually watched the Smarty Jones, but like he just kept drifting and drifting, and Cagliostro was going, and finally Cagliostro dove in, and then that's kind of when Torres dove him in because he had to. Yep. That was when the horse stopped advancing and stopped going, and it's almost like he lost sight of Il Miracolo because the horse they were. Cagliostro went to the inside rail field, but it's the wackiest damn thing. So I'm not going to hold it against Cagliostro that he kind of faded off of Il Miracolo when that horse was just running. He probably was scared as shit. He's like, "What? The, I don't want to be by that horse. Like, get me away from him. He's running like an idiot." Yeah, and then you dive inside, and the, like a lot of horses don't want to pass inside. So you know, it's just not yeah. the best spot ever. Cagliostro doesn't have that killer instinct. I mean, that's the other problem with this horse. Loves to run right behind a couple horses, not necessarily past them, which you don't love. Uh, you know, seven races career, one win four seconds and thirds. I mean, so that you, that's one of the things that you, you kind of are a little concerned because uh, you need Torres needs to time this right to get to the lead and then not have someone catch him afterward. We need to get Javier Castellano back aboard him. That's what we figured out. Every horse is fixed by putting Castellano aboard. The one time Castellano rode this horse, the only time he won. <laughs> yep. That was that. I mean, Castellano has been on fire. He's, he's had a hell of a two years. If you look back at it, like compared to what he was riding three and four years ago, it's been a, it's been a, a pretty good time to be uh, Javier Castellano. That's going to do it for this episode of the Magic Mike Show. Thanks for joining Mike and I to go through the late pick five Sunday, September 24th at Remington Park in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Uh, love to support tracks like this. It is one of Aaron Haltman's favorites. Thanks again to him for jumping on uh, and joining us with his thoughts on this track as well. We're going to give our tickets one last time. If you're watching on YouTube or Twitter, take a look down below for the podcast listeners. We'll read them out. I'm going to go 389 with 1458. With three, four, five, with seven, eight, with four, thirteen. That's a seventy-two dollar ticket, Mister Samich. I'm gonna go two, seven, eight, with one, seven, ten, with four, seven, with two, eight, with four, ten, thirteen. That's fifty-four bucks. If you want to match Magic's ticket, I don't hate the idea of adding the five in the second leg, and then it would be seventy-two as well. Hey, now there you go. Uh, <laughs> Uh, over at RacingDudes.com, we've got previews for, of course, the Oklahoma Derby and the Pennsylvania Derby. We'll also have Cotillion Stakes and Remington Park Oaks picks up there as well, uh, as well as picks for every race, every track across the country and the Samo Bombs. Uh, we're not covering parks, obviously. So real quick, who is your pick for the Pennsylvania Derby, Mike? Haven't looked at it yet. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah, no, it's right. parks, parks gets covered Saturday. We've capped Aqueduct today. Swept the card, but did not sweep the cards. We had the winner on every race. Uh, we didn't have the ticket structured right late, but hit the early pick four, late pick four, and early pick five. So we'll take that. Uh, I've got Aqueduct back tomorrow, and then do Aqueduct Parks on Saturday, and then Aqueduct on Sunday. So you can check all that out over there. Probably uh, throw a free Remington grid up for this uh, this one as well. So make sure you have an account over at racingdudes.com. You get the free picks for Remington on Sunday. Man of the people right there. I didn't realize this, but Chris Mello says it's supposed to be a hurricane at Parks on Saturday. <laughs> uh, hopefully we miss it. The weather for the week, like it's, it is supposed to be a mess on for, on Saturday and Sunday for football games. I know there's a, it, it, they're this right outside of Philadelphia. So Temple's playing Miami on Saturday and there are huge weather implications to that game as well. So we'll see what, uh, 
whether or not we stay on the turf and what type of racetrack we have for parks uh, on Saturday. Um, I'm going to go Saudi crown on top to win the Pennsylvania Derby. And then I also think Dreamlike uh, makes it interesting at a price. So he's 10 to 1. Um, I'm not sure who's... See, Ilmer Cullen and Krupe both entered. Neither one of them has a jockey named in this race. So It's just a mess, man. <laughs> like, I just, Freaking Parks. I can't, why, I can't why? Parks. Uh, it's yeah, successful, all right, yeah. I, I just, I can't Parks. Can't do it. No. Unless... Unless it's uh unless we have unless it's tournaments on Monday and Tuesday. I, I just can't play parks. The takeout is brutal in the pick fours too. One of the highest in the country. Uh I I did know that about that actually. It's like it's a dirty place all around. Chris Mellis says Saudi Crown ain't gonna win. Who's gonna win? Tell us down below. Tell us your thoughts down below in the comments section or in the live chat if you're still watching this live. But let us know who you think is winning the Pennsylvania Derby. Tell us what you think about the Remington Park late pick five and everything else going on. Make sure you subscribe to youtube.com slash racing dudes. And of course, visit racingdudes.com. Follow us on Twitter. I am at Curtis Kellard. He is at some bomb 18, number one, number eight, corporate overlords at racing underscore dudes. If you want Pennsylvania Derby, Quintillion Stakes and Belmont at the big A picks, check out Blinkers Off. NFL and college football picks, check out Papa Dude and Aaron on Dudes Who Bet Sports. If you want some weekend action for football, check out Mike Summich on VSIN. What time, Mike? Uh, 2 to 3 Pacific tomorrow on Sharp Money, and then 4 to 7 Pacific Saturday and Sunday uh, hosting The Handle. And 6 to 7 on Saturday is a contest show. So if you're in uh, Circa Survivor, if you're in any of the Circa Millions, we announce the picks live there. And then Sunday, 6 to 7 is the best hour if you're betting football to listen to or watch. We rip through all of the early lines. Uh, I've got a, a couple gems from last weekend. So we've got the Rams plus seven and a half. We've got the, the Seahawks minus three because of that show. So some couple nice line moves you can get in front of if you're watching from six to seven on Sunday. Uh, I was going to ask you, oh, Joey Bosa. Does he get a sack tonight? Yes or no? Is it Joey Bosa? Nick Bosa. I was going to say, Nick I'm going to go no because he's not playing. Uh, I would bet, I bet, I bet a Bosa brother gets a sack tonight. It's going to be tough. There we go. It's it's a messy, messy Thursday night game. Giants stayed on the West Coast after playing the Cardinals last week. Their offensive line is like a turnstile. They actually had uh, they had one of the subway guys try out just because at least you had to put a ticket in to get through. Whereas right now you just get to run right by. Uh, I, I this this Niners defensive line is going to be in the backfield the entire time. So I I played the under seven and a half for the Giants in the first half. I don't think they score early. They haven't scored a point in the first half so far this year. So why start now? Uh, and I, if they do, I think they just get a couple field goals. So under seven and a half for the Giants tonight in the first quarter is the only thing I did. If you want to watch football tonight, flip over to ESPN, or I think it's ESPN. Watch Coastal Carolina take on Georgia State. Two of the top 40 plays per game offenses in college football. Total sitting at 63 Bunch of pro money coming in on Georgia State right now. I like Coastal Carolina. Team total over first half, 16 and a half. Let's get some points early and cash that puppy by halftime so we can flip over the college or the pro game. How about that? Well, those are the decisions you could choose to make for yourself if you want to. <laughs> Coastal Carolina and Georgia State. I don't think I'm going to watch that. I'll just tell you that right now. But Georgia State is 3-0. and They're up-and-coming team. Coastal Carolina has Grayson McCall back, a fifth-year starter at the quarterback. They've got a good passing offense. Georgia State can't guard a fly on the outside. I mean, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun game. Chanty clears. There you go. Get the Chanty clears song. Coastal Carolina, right? CC Triple C. Triple C. Coastal Carolina. Chanty clears. One of the, one of the sneakier home field advantages, especially on a Thursday night. BYU went in there a couple years ago in the COVID year and got beat by them. Uh, I, I, this is a fun team. I I'd like. It's just gonna be a fun offensive game. If you want offense, that's the game to watch. If you want. 
defense, uh, keep it on the NFL game. That game could, could pretty easily go under that 44 if the 49ers don't get to 30. If you want uh, more great horse racing analysis, tune in next week, Thursday. Remember, we'll be off Monday, but we'll be back next week, Thursday. Uh, that's going to put us September 28th. Yeah, 5 Eastern, 2 Pacific. We're covering Santa Anita's opening Saturday card. Lots of British Cup winning your and stuff. Please join us then. Until then, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. Good luck this weekend. The Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb. Because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com.